Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 390. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. On it is a health and wellness brand focused on encouraging a peak level of human performance through a combination of both physical and cognitive methodologies. To learn more and get 10% off your supplement purchase, go to onit.com slash fire. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash fire. Tired of having your shopping cart managed in one place, CRM in another, and website and email marketing tools in yet another? Entreport integrates all of these into one powerful solution. Go to entreport.com slash fire today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Jason Gaynard. Jason, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, brother. All right. (laughs) Jason is a veteran entrepreneur who went from making 22 times the national average income to a quarter of a million dollars in cash debt in less than 18 months. In this interview, he shares what he learned from that experience and how it changed the way he's building his new company. I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, Jason, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Sure. Well, I'll make it quick. Uh, I think it probably all started off. I dropped out of high school in grade 11. Uh, I actually came across Mark Twain's quote, never let your schooling interfere with your education. (laughs) And... uh, I, uh, I quickly kind of jumped into entrepreneurship shortly after that. I uh, started a service-based business, realized that service-based businesses are rather hard to scale, um, pivoted into an online product business, which we grew to about $6 million a year over four years with no outside investments, um, was living the whole quote-unquote four-hour work week, uh, traveling the world, making a ton of money. With all this money and all this free time, I was forced to answer some, some difficult questions like, uh, will I be remembered? You know, why am I here? How many people show up to my funeral? And I was, uh, I was not happy with the answers I was, I was giving myself. Uh, I was just simply not in an industry I enjoyed or in a business I enjoyed at the time. So um, what I decided to do was uh, kind of use my business as a learning platform, reinvested a ton of money back into it, um, and uh, was running onto the model that conventional methods yield conventional results. So we, we tested it out for a year and did a bunch of crazy things. Uh, and uh, during that time period, I really started to kind of detach myself from the business. I, uh, I it just, again, it was not an industry I liked and I couldn't kind of force myself to enjoy the, enjoy the business. And it got to a point where my account at one point in time came to me and, and told me how much money I made. And I found out basically I was making 22 times the national average income. And it was a great way to look at it because I realized right then and there uh, that money and happiness scale very differently. And I knew I was not 22 times happier than the average male. I was not 22 times healthier. Uh, two years prior at the age of 24, I actually had kidney complications because of stress. So um, at that point, I, deci- I made a decision. I decided I wanted to get out of the business. Um, so consciously, I wanted to sell the business, but subconsciously, I started to sabotage it. Uh, a little bit of uh, entrepreneurial psychology uh, problems going on at that point in time. And then, uh, yeah, so that, on the way down, I was, it was, it was going to uh, end at a nice zero, which would have been fine for me because then I could have started something new. And then two things happened uh, on the way down that uh, were beyond my control, which landed me a quarter million dollars in cash debt. 
um, and that was August of last year. So a little over a year now. Um, so that's where I was. And then, uh, I was, I had no business. That was probably one of the more, most terrifying parts of my life, uh, points of my life. Cause I had no business, no cash flow. Um, you know, when you have a business doing almost a million dollars a month, some months in cash flow, and then that's stopping, it's, 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 it's a hard pill to swallow. Um, so one of the, one of the things I kind of struggled with back then was I, uh, I, with, I, I knew I could get myself out of, out of it financially because I've done it before, but with all the added pressure because of the debt, um, I, I had no energy. My health just started to take a turn for the worse because of stress. Um, and it was one of the scariest parts because it was like having a Ferrari for a brain, but no gas in the tank. Um, so one of the things I, I started to work on initially was, was getting my health back in check and I really started to leverage my network and I started, I've always focused on my network for the past two, three years, but I really started to focus on it when I hit rock bottom because at the time my mindset was, you know, the bank can take my, they can take my house, they can take my car, but they can't take my network. Um, so I started reaching out to people and, and just building a, a stronger network. And I started holding these things called mastermind dinners. Somebody was in my network was quite kind enough to give me a ticket to go see Seth Godin in New York. I've always been a huge fan of Seth, but I've never actually had an opportunity to see him in person. And um, when I was out at his uh, his little seminar, it was uh, it was titled The Connection Economy. And basically the whole premise of it was to kind of showcase the the value in being the catalyst, connecting like-minded individuals. Um, and at the time, I thought to myself, there's no group of individuals as disconnected as entrepreneurs so uh, or then entrepreneurs. So I started holding these mastermind dinners where I'd invite six to eight entrepreneurs who didn't know each other and just help facilitate connecting them, and that's it. And I would, uh, I would, I'll be honest, the first dinner I held, I almost canceled two hours prior because I'm like, nobody's going to see value in this. I think it's a waste of time. Um, but, uh, I ended up going through with it and it turned out to be a, turned out to be a huge hit. Last, the conversation lasted about four and a half hours and didn't skip a beat. And I had one entrepreneur turn to another and said, you and I need to talk. And within the first like 10 minutes of the dinner, and I just felt this instant rush of energy and clarity that connecting entrepreneurs was something I wanted to do, uh, to some capacity for the rest of my life. And, uh, as luck would have it, but two months, two, three months later, I was uh, had the opportunity to do an event with Tim Ferriss. I've known Tim for about two, three years now. And um, I, I saw it as an opportunity to do what I do in these dinners, but on a larger scale. Um, so Tim was the first speaker I had. And then I, I slowly built out an event from there from scratch. Um, I had no experience in the event space whatsoever, but I'm a firm believer that ignorance and confidence can go a long way when you're an entrepreneur. Oh yeah. So, um, thankfully, uh, we did an event in May of this year. It was a huge, huge hit. Um, I never thought I'd do an event after it. I wasn't planning on it, but because it was such a success, we're, we're doing another one, uh, next year in May. And we also launched a mastermind from that event. Um, and, um, uh, I'm, I'm living the life now, but I couldn't be happier. Well, Jason, that's just a fascinating glimpse into your journey, which we're going to do a much more deep dive later on in this interview because we really do want to focus on that fall and the reasons for it and then specifically the lessons you learned and how you did pick yourself back up and really get back to the point that you are now. And there's a couple of things I want to pull out of the last spiel that you just gave. You know, one thing was it's like having a Ferrari, but no gas in the tank. I mean, that's a fascinating comment because it's so true. And we see so many entrepreneurs that way. They're all 
all flash, but then when you really look inside, there's nothing in the tank. And that really resonated with me. And another thing that you were talking about when you were living this life and you were traveling the world and you had all this money and it was coming in, it was the true four-hour work week, you were having to ask yourself that tough question of, are people going to remember me? What would my funeral look like? Who am I really impacting on a passionate level? And that reminded me of a quote that I can't even attribute to anybody because it was so long ago and I haven't thought about it for so long, but you brought it out at me, Jason. (laughs) And that was a guy that asked a question. He said, you know, I don't want people to ask why there is a statue of me. I want people to ask why there's not a statue of me. Like that's how he would rather be remembered of people fondly looking back and saying, this guy needs to be remembered. He's worth being remembered because he impacted lives. And I can see that that's the path that you're on. But Jason, before we do more of a deep dive into everything that you've had along your journey, let's talk success quote because we love getting that motivational ball rolling, really igniting that entrepreneurial flame. So take it away. I've been really shaped by a lot of incredible quotes. Um, one of the, probably the most impactful ones it was or that really shaped me was you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. But one I've heard recently uh, through a friend of mine who used to be mentored by uh, John Wooden, who's one of the most prolific. Yeah, exactly. Coaches of all time. Um, he had a quote uh, that he would tell him saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I think it's very much along the same lines of that. But I think it's an incredibly impactful quote. Um, and, uh, one of the things I, if I could attribute my success to anything uh, or to one thing, it would really be that I surrounded myself with people who are always playing two or three levels ahead of me. And it sounds like these mastermind dinners are just a continuance of that. And even to a higher degree where you're not only surrounding yourself around these incredible entrepreneurs, but you're surrounding those entrepreneurs with other people as well that are going to up their game, which is so important and so difficult to do in this incredibly busy day and age. But Jason, let's do this now. This is about you. You're our spotlighted guest today. And we really want to go back into your journey of that time that you really failed when you fell flat in your face. I mean, you shared such a great quick journey of all the way up, all the way down, then all the way back again. But let's really identify a time that you did face that massive obstacle. And what lessons did you learn, Jason? I think it would be uh, in August of last year when I really, you know, quote unquote, hit financial rock bottom and in turn hit rock bottom in the sense that I, I knew I didn't have the health or energy to support me digging myself out. Uh, and that was really, really a tough time because I had to focus on getting my health back on track first before I could start pursuing money again. Um, so that was definitely, I, uh, <laughs> that would definitely be my rock bottom, so to speak. Well, Jason, before we go into the learning, yeah. We are all about the story. I want you to take us there with you. Sure. Take us there to that point that started the fall and take us down to that fall. And then let's hear the lessons learned. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the, the fall really, the, the fall really happened where I had a merchant services processor for, for my company and, uh, they called me up on a Thursday afternoon and I, in the, in the industry I was in, they were considering it like a medium risk business. So they used to hold a reserve, so they'd hold $100,000 of money on the side just in case you know we ever went bankrupt and they could protect their credit card holders. Well, what happened was they called one day and they said they, they needed more money in a reserve and they, accounted, they, they assessed my account wrong. Uh, and because of that, they had to put my account on 100% reserve, meaning that they had to – they were – eliminating virtually 98% of my cash flow. And I had employees at the time. I had retail stores um, and all kinds of expenses, all kinds of overhead. Um, so that was kind of you know the, the, the thing that really 
quote unquote took me down. Um, and that was uh, everything that like just the, the stack of cards just crumbled in like eight weeks. And it was, it was quote unquote like a, the death of a thousand paper cuts, um, you know, from July and August of last year. Um, when, when that happened, I was getting married at the time. My daughter was six months old. Um, and, and then, like I said, when I, when I, everything was gone and everything was over with and the dust settled, I was, you know, deeply in the hole financially and my health wise and relationship wasn't the greatest at the time either. So it was a rather tough time. So let's really get down to that tough time, Jason. And when you were really struggling and all these different things were happening and the death by the thousand paper cuts that you talk <laughs> is such a painful death, what were you really learning from these moments, these times when this kind of one domino could affect be toppled and then this whole chain of events just falls the house of cards, so to speak? Well, I mean, my biggest learning was you really, you never know the value of your network till you really need it. And I've invested my network for, for quite some time, and that's what really pulled me out. Without my network, I, I wouldn't have been able to pull out of that. Um, and in all honesty, I mean, that that path I had to take, I, I mean, I don't see it as a, as a failure per se because I, I knew as long as I had a plan B, which was a business that took care of all my wants and needs financially, which was my last business, I'd never fall through with plan A, which is to create a business that's in line with my my passion, my purpose, and helping people and that kind of stuff. So... I, it seems like, I, you know, in hindsight, it seems like a path I had to take, but definitely the biggest learning was the value of, of an incredible network. So Jason, let's continue to move forward here because you're being so open and honest. You're telling a really great story and that's what's value. There is the value of these interviews and really spotlighting one guest, which is you today, because we can learn so much from your actual experiences so we can emulate your successes, but at the same time, avoid your mistakes and your failures. That's what's so valuable here. And that's why Entrepreneur on Fire is so powerful for so many ways. But I want to go to the other end of the spectrum. This is going to be more of the emulating your success side of the interview. And that's your aha moment. That's a light bulb that went off at some point. You said, wow, this truly is me. You already mentioned that one moment of clarity that you had at that dinner with that mastermind when that entrepreneur turned to the other entrepreneur and said, hey, we got to talk. That is powerful. But Jason, tell us of a real light bulb moment that you had at some point and what steps you took from that point forward to really turn that aha moment into success. It would actually probably be that dinner, um, in all honesty. I mean, that for me, that was the first time I had real good clarity as to what I wanted to do. Um, you know, and then find a way to monetize it afterwards. Because initially, I was paying for these dinners. I was in debt. And I was paying for these dinners while I was inviting these people out. And I had no business at the time to monetize this. I didn't know exactly what kind of value I'd get from it financially. But I saw so much value being created between entrepreneurs that I said, you know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll find a way, some way to, to make money somehow so I can continue to do these dinners. So that would probably be my aha moment that doing that to some capacity is, is, is you know, something I want to do. So you're at this dinner. What is the final bill of this initial first dinner you had with these entrepreneurs? 
that one was probably about six six hundred fifty bucks, and I, I hold these dinners all the time now, and they're usually in and around that range. <laughs> so six hundred fifty dollars for one dinner, you're in debt. I mean, this is a leap of faith on a lot of levels, but you knew that this was something that could work. And then at the dinner, you had that moment of clarity, and you said, "Wow, this really is going to work." What happened after that dinner, Jason? What was the next step to really making it work? And what was the next step you took after that to start monetizing? Well, the, I mean, the step from the dinners is I did a few dinners and then I had, um, that opportunity with Tim to do an event with him. Um, and that was the first time that I saw I could do something from it. And my original goal with our, our first event was to simply break even and put a hundred incredible people in a room. Like that was it. And I was joking at the event that I'm like, I'm, I'm unemployed after this. I don't know what I'm going to do next, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the, the, even the event itself that we decided to launch off the dinners um, was not, we weren't planning to make money from it per se. We were just planning to break even. Um, now, since the success of that event, now we, you know, with the next event, we'll, we'll be doing, we'll be in a very good position with our mastermind. We're in a very, very good position. Um, so, you know, it was really about following passion and then finding a way to monetizing it later. Um, that's, kind of, I mean, that's really the, the, the lifeline of, of how that worked. Let's really talk about the actions after this entire event you had with Tim. What have you been up to since and what has really just been exciting you and motivating you and keeping you passionate along these lines? I spend the majority of my time, you know, just trying to connect with incredible people. Uh, one of the greatest things that happened at the event was we positioned it in a way where uh, the none of the speakers were getting paid, but the top speaker or the top talk as voted by the audience won $25,000. And what happened, which was I wasn't expecting it, was the first place winner, second place winner, and the four people tied for third, none of them were were the draws draws for the event. None of them had big names at all, but they delivered incredible value. So it became clear after the event that my kind of role is to really become like a talent scout. Uh, just finding incredible entrepreneurs. So I spend the majority of my time, you know, going to events and having coffee and having Skype calls and stuff like that with just incredible people. Um, and like I said, I mean, it lights me up between the event and the mastermind and doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm fulfilled. So Jason, I'm going to throw a little curveball in here because I'm just fascinated with the beginning part of your journey way back in the day when you built up this incredible business that was bringing in $6 million. It was product-based. This is after you had the service business that you realized you were no longer going to be trading time for dollars. You really wanted that leverage, that scalability. Talk to us for just a couple minutes about how you built that from idea to actual implementation and then what that meant for the next significant amount of time afterwards that you were really riding high on this product that you had created. I really kind of fell into that business. Uh, what happened was initially I had a, a service-based business, which was a personal concierge service. So we'd run errands for people. Um, and we were one of the first ones in that industry, especially in Canada. And what would happen is that when people thought of the word concierge, they thought of a hotel concierge. And when they thought of a hotel concierge, they thought of concert tickets. And our model at the time was if it was legal, moral, and would save you time, we'd take care of it. So when people started to come to us for concert tickets, we sourced them out through, through other companies and stuff like that. But they were charging like huge fees that we had to pass along to our customers. So instead, we decided to stock our own little inventory 
And uh, as word grew, word of mouth, and people kept on coming back, um, our inventory kept on growing and growing and growing until one point it just became too big of, uh, I mean, that side of the business became too big that we branched it off and, and started an actual ticketing division. Um, and then we, oh, we did that over two, three years and became one of the largest wholesalers or the second largest wholesaler in Canada. Um, and then uh, we decided to branch off into, I, I was kind of getting a little bored, so we would decide to branch off into into the retail space. So we launched a, a retail side, uh, which was a ticketing website. Um, and then we opened two retail stores uh, and, and did all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff like that. Great stuff, man. Thanks for running us through that. And what I love to do, Jason, for Fire Nation is really boil down these great points that you made, both in your failure and in your aha moment. And for you, I have a little intuition that is going to be one and the same. So share with Fire Nation one clear lesson that you learned, both from your failure and your aha moment. Your network is your net worth, and people have been saying that a lot lately, uh, but I, I, I think it's true. I mean, if, if you focus on your network, money will follow, and uh, I mean, there's just so many incredible entrepreneurs out there. Um, I mean, we there's um, a friend of mine, Ned Hollowell, is one of the, the predominant people on like ADD. He's a, I think he's a professor at Harvard, and uh, one thing he, he always preaches is that we need, a, uh, everybody needs a, a bigger dose of vitamin C, which is vitamin connect. You know, we're not connected enough anymore. We're, we're always, you know, connecting through social media or email and that kind of stuff. But you need genuine face-to-face connections. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. I can't emphasize it enough. Like, I, I'm a, I invest a lot in my network, not necessarily financially, but a lot of time. Um, and uh, at a certain point, it grows exponentially. And it's, it's incredible, like, just how many incredible people there are out there that you need to connect with. Jason, I love when themes develop an entrepreneur on fire. And this is the theme, the network theme. I knew personally, I know a lot of listeners knew that you were going to say network. And guess what? (laughs) That's powerful. The power of repetition, the theme that's developing is network. So let's keep that going, Jason. And I want you to just share one thing right now that's just really exciting you, either with what you have going on right now or just over that horizon. I mean, our first event was very successful. Uh, we had it was an invite-only event. We had forty-two hundred applications for a hundred spots. Um, so we're kind of leveraging. There's very there's a lot of great momentum with that that last event. A lot of great word of mouth going. So we're basically just continuing on. Going to do our next event uh, in May again in Toronto, and uh, you, just you know keep on doing what I, I'm already doing, which is uh, traveling a ton, meeting a lot of incredible people. Uh, continuing on with the events, um, like I said, I mean, for for me, like success is is life on your terms. If you can do what you want, when you want, wherever you want, then you're you're successful, and you don't need necessarily a million dollars in the bank to do that. So, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much where I am right now. And like I said, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. Great insights, Jason. And we're just going to take a minute here to thank our sponsors. Imagine what you could be doing to scale your business right now if you weren't managing your email marketing, CRM, your sales, and your business automation from separate platforms. Entreport to the rescue. Entreport's all-in-one small business management platform integrates all the software you need to start, systemize, and scale your business. Sound too good to be true? Oh, it's true. Take it from Eben Pagan, founder of Hot Topic Media. 
In search of powerful software designed with entrepreneurs in mind, Eben decided to move his entire business over to Entreport. This was no small task, as Eben had a robust business with over 40 products and several large customer and prospect lists. In no time, Eben's business was being managed entirely under Entreport's integrated software platform as opposed to many disjointed systems and is now growing faster than ever. Sound like your kind of platform? Head over to entreport.com slash fire to find out how they can help your business run more efficiently today. One of the most frequently asked questions I get, besides how do you make money, of course, is how do you stay focused and get so much done? My answer, it's all about taking great care of your body. Think of your body like a car. The type of fuel you put in it and how you take care of it on a day-to-day basis will determine how well it runs. Hey, taking good care of your body is time-consuming. I know. Now, imagine a company going out and taking some of the best professional athletes, along with some of the world's top medical professionals, and teaming up to create unique foods and dietary supplements designed to help your body run at peak performance levels. Enter on it. Their science is airtight, and they take care to create a really simple and unique approach to helping us achieve total optimization of the human machine. Get 10% off your supplement purchase by going to onit.com slash fire. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash fire. And this is just a perfect segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yeah, let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Actually, I'll tell you, I was a, when I left high school, uh, I became an automotive performance mechanic. Ooh. And I was doing that, and I was, I was fine with that. I wasn't making a ton of money, but it didn't bother me at the time. And then one day, what I did was I took the average lifespan and multiplied it by 365 days, which gives you 28,560 days, I believe. And then I took my age at the time, which was 17 or 18, and multiplied that by 365 days, which gave me 6,500 days. And when I saw my life in a perspective of days, it really created a sense of urgency um, that I never felt before. Because when you're young, you think, you know, 80 years is so far from now. But when you see it in perspective of days, for me, it was just a game changer and actually quit that day um, and then kind of started, you know, the pursuit of entrepreneurship. So I just I didn't have that urgency initially. um, And that little kind of calculation really kind of really set uh, uh, really set some urgency in. Absolutely. I can just see ticking days off on that inevitable. (laughs) It's so much more powerful. Fire Nation, anybody that's struggling with leaving that job, do that little challenge. Look at that day number and realize that's all we got. That is all we have. So Jason, what's the best advice you've ever received? Well, I don't want to harp on network anymore. I will. Uh, I told you I love themes. <laughs> no, you know what? I, it's funny. I um, I met Kevin Sistrom from Instagram uh, a few months after they launched. Like this is before they were on anybody's radar, before they, they were big. And one thing he told me was listen to feedback, act on behavior. And I think it's a really powerful thing because uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, some Sometimes it's hard to ask for money and we ask everybody's advice instead. And, you know, everybody has advice. It's free. Uh, but, you know, it's really about, you know, testing on the on the on the check writers. Right. So uh, always kind of throwing things out there and acting on what people actually do versus what they say. Can you share one of your personal habits, Jason, that you believe attributes to your success? Yeah, I mean, 
I actually, it's funny, I actually became very, very, very conscious of habits um, after my whole, you know, hitting rock bottom thing. So one of the, the most, in, like, one of the biggest game changers that I implemented in my life was waking up at four in the morning. Um, so, you know, the, it, there's that quote, uh, early, no, early to bed, early to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, and wise. A common trait I see amongst a lot of entrepreneurs is is waking up early, and there's there's several reasons several reasons for that. But for me, it's just if you wake up at four or five in the morning, you can get more done in two or three hours than you can throughout a whole day, because you're not reacting to stimulus, you're not reacting to emails, you're not reacting to text messages, uh, and when you know you, when you have that that kind of that level of clarity, you won't believe how much you can accomplish. So that's one of the first things I kind of implemented as a habit was waking up at four in the morning. Absolutely. That was a challenge I recently gave myself. Mine's 5 a.m., so I'm a little more lazy than you, but I've been doing a 5 a.m. wake up, walk around the San Diego Bay here for a nice power walk, that one mile, get the blood flowing, the fresh air, and then I like to be sitting at my computer no later than 5.45 and starting my day, and I get more done, Jason, before 9 than the rest of America gets done all day, and that's what we used to say in the Army. We get more done before 9 a.m. <laughs> than the rest of the world does all day, and sometimes I really feel like it. Oh, no. I, 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 I'll, one of the core reasons why, I'll tell you why, one of the core reasons why I started doing that is because my daughter at the time was six months old, and with all this happening, I started to resent her. Um, because you know one of the core reasons why I'm an entrepreneur is the perception is is the perception of control, right? Controlling of your time, that kind of stuff. And one of the pillars of happiness is the perception of control. But when you have a child, you lose all sense of control. Um, so at the time, I said, "Well, I can't control the time she's awake from like 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. What I can control is the time before that, from 4 a.m. to 8 a.m." Um, and that's how I started to kind of get back on track, and that's why I started waking up so early. And it's been something, a habit I've been keeping on, you know, since then because it's it's been incredibly impactful. So, what time are you trying to fall asleep at night? Well, that's so now I, I'm, I'm with you. I actually wake up at five now because four o'clock was good. I did that for about a year, uh, but it is tough from a social perspective because I'd have to go to bed at like eight o'clock at night, <laughs> and there, there's still light up. <laughs> the sun is still up at eight o'clock at night, so uh, I'm going to bed usually nine nine thirty uh, and wake it up at five. But sleep is very important. It's critical. We don't want Fire Nation to think that they can just start waking up earlier. No, it's an actual shift. You need to go to bed earlier because Absolutely. you need those six, seven, eight hours. Whichever type of person you are, everybody needs a little bit different amount of sleep. But whatever that number is for you, mine's about seven, then that's what you need to be getting because you are just going to burn out. So don't just wake up an hour earlier. No, absolutely. It's, it's like a, sleep is like a bank account, right? I mean, you can't keep making withdrawals. Like you really have to, you really have to get your seven or eight hours of sleep, just like you said, because uh, a lot of people, it's almost like a badge of honor in the business world how little sleep you have, and it's it's ridiculous because it's it's you know it just it's killing you. So so true. <laughs> so Jason, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? You know, it's funny. I've listened to the show many times, and every time you say Evernote, I'm like, I love Evernote. Um, <laughs> I w- I, and if I was interviewed, I'd probably say Evernote. But. You and everybody else, Jason, which is why <laughs> I have to say, like Evernote. One of your guests is a uh, past guest, is a good friend of mine. His name's Derek Coburn. Yeah. And I don't know if he mentioned it in his, his interview or not, but he actually put me onto this program called Contactually uh, probably about six months ago, and I never looked at it. And I recently got on it about a couple of weeks ago. 
Uh, and it's been a complete, complete game changer for me, especially having the whole emphasis on network. Um, absolutely game changers, by far one of the best services online. Uh, and they're called, uh, yeah, Contactually. Give us a quick synopsis of what they do. Sure. Well, I mean, basically what the what they do in essence is you can you link up your Gmail account and all your social feeds, so LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and it uh, merges them all into this one big contact list. And then you can put people in buckets. Um, so you can put people in different groups uh, for different things. And and what's great is how I always used to have my, my network is I had my, my entire network on a mind map, and I'd put people in three uh, three categories, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one are people who would like, you know, I could call and they would take me to the airport. Tier two are people I could call and say, you know, I need some advice. Would you mind hopping on the phone? And they'd do it. And tier three are people that I, you know, are within my reach. And then what I would do is I'd look at this mind map and I'd say, okay, who do I want to bring closer? And who do I know not less? Who do I have in my network that's like tier one or tier, tier two or taking quite a bit of my time who I don't necessarily need in my network anymore? Um, and there, I've always done this kind of the hard way with mind maps, but this program just, you have everybody you've ever contacted over the last, you know, since you've been online in one place. Um, and it's just incredibly impactful. And then, you know, with Adam, Adam Grant talks about the power of, uh, dormant ties um, and how important it is to reactivate uh, like past relationships. And it's a great way to just get a snapshot of people you haven't been in touch with over the past few years. Wow. Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com slash Jason Gaynard. Jason, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Probably say Power Negotiation by Roger Dawson. I think negotiation is undervalued. Uh, I, I mean, negotiation, you have to negotiate with everybody, your spouse, yourself, uh, you know, for a lease or whatever the case may be. So um, I've, I've I read that book. I've read several books on negotiation. That is by far one of the best ones. Um, it's, I mean, it's a lot of stories and, uh, and it's, it's really easy, really practical, practical to use. Um, and it, yeah, it's just utterly a fantastic book. I actually got that, that book, uh, book idea from Tim Ferriss. Nice. Well, Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so if you want the audio version of this book for free, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Jason, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky, so take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter, taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Having food and shelter covered is actually a pretty sweet deal. I mean, after a quarter million dollars in cash debt, uh, just to have those two things covered, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, I mean, as I, I, will I have clothes? I'll be wearing clothes? Yes, Jason. Okay, so as long clothes. as I have clothes and an internet <laughs> connection, I want to be clear. As long as I have clothes and an internet connection- You also probably, have $500 cash. And $500. I probably keep the $500 uh, for something, but really what I'd do is I'd really ent- I'd intern for a successful entrepreneur, uh, and i absorb as much of his wisdom as possible. I think one of your favorite movies back in the day must have been Terminator. You just pictured yourself- Arriving naked in this new world, looking <laughs> looking for like some well, piece it wasn't of paper. Specified, so I didn't know if I need to use my five hundred dollars to buy clothes. Like it's a trick question or something. Gotcha, trick question, Jason. <laughs> 
I have so enjoyed hearing your journey from your millions of income per month to 250000 plus in debt. I mean, just fascinating on so many levels to how you've gone back to where you are now because it's all about the network, our theme. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. I think clarity on your goals is very important. I'll give you a really quick example. So I was at this this retreat where it was entrepreneurs and their children uh, about two weeks back called board meetings. And one thing that happened was the the kids had to create this map, um, you know, like a dream board of things they wanted to achieve. And all, all the kids had like very kind of vague stuff, like I want to start a business to help people and this kind of stuff. One girl said, I want to become a storyboard writer for DreamWorks. And um, that's like mean, she was a hundred percent clear on what she wanted. When she explained this in the in, in the group, somebody behind her who's a friend of mine does work with DreamWorks. So because she was actually clear on what her goal was and she was within the right network, this guy actually connected her with DreamWorks and now she's actually going to be able to go to DreamWorks and get a, like a tour and stuff like that and meet like her heroes and idols. Um, so I think once you have that incredible network, is the second step is really becoming clear on what you want. Um, and let that be known. And you would be, you don't have to worry about the how, just be worried about the why. Um, and you wouldn't be, you'd be surprised at what can, what can happen. Great advice. And what's the best way we can connect with you? You can visit mastermindtalks.com or I mean, you can, if anybody has any questions or needs any, any insight on anything, feel free to just email me at Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N at mastermindtalks.com. Jason, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com. They can click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives. They can also just type in the word Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N, into the search bar and your show notes page will pop right up. And Jason, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome, man. Have a great day. When I first started scheduling interviews, I used Google Calendar. Skype calls were delayed because details like time zone would get lost in translation. I needed a new platform to help, so I switched to schedule once. Now it's smooth sailing. If you're ready to switch to an e-commerce platform that runs this smoothly, it's easy to transfer your shop to Shopify. Get a free 14-day trial and 20% off for life at shopify.com slash fire. That's shopify.com slash fire. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. Ignite. 